all you GGR Pirate Radio listeners, my name is Mike Lunsford. Um, I am the editor-in-chief of GGR, which, let me give you the website again, as I always do at the beginning of these podcasts. It's going to be www.greatgeekrefuge.com. This is a solo podcast this time because I decided, uh, and actually Steve and I discussed this and we both wanted to do this, we wanted to have... Just like pirate radio, we want to keep getting our voices out there, man. We won't let the man hold us down and not let us say what we got to say kind of thing. Um, really, like to be perfectly honest, it's more about just getting out there and having something to say, having a conversation. Um, it's a lot of fun for us to do these podcasts. And with me living in Virginia and Steve living in Pennsylvania, it's hard for us to get together to do them all the time. So what we end up doing is we decide we're going to have our own little micro podcast, more or less, maybe like 10, 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes at the most, just to talk about some of the things that we wanted to talk about. Now, if you listen to the last podcast, uh, Steve and I were talking about summer movies that we were excited about, and we talked about uh, there's a new Mission Impossible movie, there's um, Ant-Man's coming out here pretty soon, uh, we, he talked about seeing The Avengers, I haven't seen it yet, um, I'll try to hopefully get some time to see it soon. Uh, a little background with me, um, I got a 16-year-old. Uh, stepdaughter, but she's awesome. She's actually two years ahead of most 16-year-olds. She's going to be graduating this year from high school. So it's May. We're here in Virginia. Our school year's almost over. So we've been doing a lot of preparation to try to get her ready for uh, graduation. But also, she's just got her driver's license, too. So she's out and about and driving around and all that fun stuff. Um, but I also got a six-year-old son. Um, so I don't really want to just leave him at home while I go see movies. I try to include him in all of this stuff, and uh, I don't know if he's really ready for something as action-packed as the, the Avengers. Um, we're trying to start him off slow and not just jump right into this, because the last thing we needed is to give an excuse for a six-year-old to run around and punch and kick things. Um, but also, too, um, my wife, um, she's awesome. She's fantastic. Uh, she actually takes care of her 81-year-old uh, uncle, and unfortunately, he has dementia. He broke his hip recently. So he lives with us uh, in our house here. Um, so we don't really get to get out too much. Uh, but that's okay. You know, we, we get out from time to time. Uh, they got Netflix now. They got Blu-rays. They got uh, ways to stream movies online. So I get to catch up on a lot of these uh, pretty late. If you ever read the uh, the website, uh, Frank Landau does uh, AARs, which are after-action reviews. Um, it's a military term, but it's also a joke term for watching movies way after the fact, when after everybody stopped talking about them. Um, those are obviously me. Um, talking about kind of using a, a different voice of, of a character to write articles uh, from that dad perspective of not being able to go out and see movies as often as you'd like, especially when you're a big Star Wars fan, you're a big comic book fan, and you don't get the chance to see those things that you used to stand in line for at midnights to see. Um, so yeah, I do those AARs uh, under the name Frank Landau. Um, just to kind of talk about those things, but also too, I mean, I still get excited about this stuff. I still want to see them. And there's one movie that is coming out this summer that we didn't talk about that I am just psyched out of my mind for, and that's going to be the new Jurassic World movie. I am so excited about this for, for two reasons. One, um, first one is Chris Pratt. I was so impressed with the job that he did in Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved his Star-Lord. He was hilarious. Such a great character. Um, and to see him doing another action movie is just, it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. But more importantly, too, is my history with Jurassic Park. When the first movie came out, I, rem I had actually read the book. Um, I, I loved it, absolutely loved it. And then I found out that the movie was coming out, and I was just in incredibly stoked. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go see this movie. I was like, I want to say it was like 11 or 12. And then the movie came out, and it was PG-13. And I tried to convince my mom to let me go see this. 
and she oh, she worked in an office uh, for a car dealership, and the girls that worked with her, and, and girls is the actual term, like they're 16, 17, maybe 18 years old, they all were like, oh no, no, it's really, really scary, no, it's really, really scary, oh, it scared me, and my mom forbade me to go see this movie. She was like, you will not see it, it's too scary. And I was livid. I was so mad at my mom, um, especially because when I was a kid, I never got censored. I got to watch whatever I wanted. At one point, my dad and I watched RoboCop when I was like six or seven years old. I saw Predator. I saw all of these violent movies. And now all of a sudden, my mom decides that she needs to censor me now. Like, to, for a PG-13 movie, it just seemed ridiculous. And I was mad. And of course, being a punk-ass kid, I decided that I was going to throw a tamper tantrum. And, I told her that I, I was never going to talk to her ever again. And I went and stayed with my grandparents for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> uh, just looking back on it, it was kind of ridiculous and silly, especially too because my mom's sister, my aunt, who's who's awesome. Uh, if she's listening to this, uh, hey, thanks for listening. Um, but she was awesome. She was the one that ended up taking me to go see the movie, and I I loved it. I loved every single minute of that movie. It was fantastic. Uh, it was, I mean, it was it's huge. It was one of those movies that changed the way movies were made. It was it was a blockbuster. Um, special effects were amazing. And it actually still holds up to this day, too. It's a really, really good flick. There's You can still watch it, and the dinosaurs don't look cheesy. It looks They look real. I mean, we all know they're not, but it looks really, really good. Um, to that effect, though, the new one, Jurassic World, it, it just looks like it's going to be incredible. It's going to be that same feel. Um, and actually, too, a lot of people on the Internet... Um, have done like a side-by-side -side comparison of the original Jurassic Park trailer to the Lost, uh, or I'm sorry, to a Jurassic World trailer. So Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, side-by-side. -side. And there's very similar trailers, scene for scene. They, they say, oh, well, look, they, they don't even do a new trailer. It's just a ripoff of the original one. Look, if you're too stupid to figure out what they're trying to do here, I'm going to explain it for you because, you know, again, because... I just am baffled that people can't understand this. It's an homage. They're trying to show you, hey, remember this thing that you loved as a kid? We're doing a movie that's further in the future, but it's very similar to this. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book with Hollywood. You find something that's visually stimulating that somebody loved, like Jurassic Park, and then you find a way to not copy it, but find a way to do your own version of it. And if you can't see that, then God help you. It's just like... Uh, th that's another rant that I want to go on to is like I, I love how I mean I'm I'm I wouldn't say conspiracy nut but I'm I'm on the same boat where I want to be outraged I want to be mad I want to be like oh well this is ridiculous if you listen to the podcast you heard me about the NFL like how angry I am at the way that the NFL handles things how unprofessional how unfair how um, basically it's like undemocratic they just do whatever they want and there's nothing that any of the players can do. They can levy fines, they can levy uh, suspensions, and, and the players just kind of have to take it. Now, granted, Brady's fighting his Deflategate um, suspension. Hopefully, we'll see something new about that come up soon. But yeah, I mean, my, my level of injustice is the same. But like on the internet, just seeing people who just don't get it and just go off on a tangent and talk about, how, oh, this is just a ripoff, this is just a ripoff, or oh, this is stupid, this is stupid. It's the reason why I created GGR in the first place, because there's so much out there on the internet that is just so negative, and like all they want to do is just bash and trash and talk about how stupid things are when they, they're not getting the point, or if they are getting the point, they're not seeing the forest for the trees, basically. And with this, I mean, we've done it before, but I'm going to do it again, too. I mean, like if you're looking for a voice 
if you like to talk about this sort of stuff, if you like to read this th sort of things. More importantly, if you like to write, because I love having articles from new writers. I just recently got a new one. Uh, his name is Abe North. Um, that's his pen name. Uh, I won't reveal his real name right now. Um, but yeah, he just wrote an article about the uh, recent Mad Max movie, Mad Max Fury Road. It was fantastic. Um, same thing with one of our writers, Andy Barch. Andy, I found on a message board on Facebook uh, for independent comic writers. Um, I just said, hey, you know, I got this website. I'm looking for anybody who wants to write. And he was like, yeah, I'd be interested. And he has been fantastic. Read his articles. He did one recently about Netflix, um, the Netflix Devil, uh, Daredevil series that's out. Um, great read. He did one about um, The Walking Dead. He's done uh, his five favorite bad movies, which we all have like a list of movies that are so bad, but we love them anyways. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to tie right into this here too. I was going to write an article about that one, but I think I'm actually going to use it for my, uh, my new solo podcast venture here. Uh, I'm going to talk about my some of my favorite bad movies that are so bad they're good kind of thing. Um, we'll start off, I mean, there's really no particular order for this one, but um, one of the ones that I've loved since I was a little kid is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's so cheesy. It's so over the top. It's, it's so ridiculous, but it's so good at the same time. Um, when you have aliens that look like clowns and they land in a giant circus big top and that's their spaceship, I mean, how can you go wrong? I mean, at one point they wrap people up in cotton candy and then use crazy straws to drink their blood. Yes, it's a little morose, it's a little dark, but it's still, I mean, it's it's a funny movie. It's it's completely irreverent. At one point, um, when the sheriff shows up and sees the clowns there and they've all got pies in their hands and he goes, what you gonna do with them pies, boys? Like, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. Um, another one that I absolutely love, and it's such a bad movie. It's so horrible. It's Masters of the Universe, the Dolph Lundgren movie. Um, we all know why they made it. It had to do with the cartoon. It had to do with the toys. Um, and it was just, it was very, very over the top. It was ridiculous. It was, I mean, it was essentially a live action cartoon. But what a lot of people don't know about that movie, what I, I just recently read this and I found it fascinating, is the guy who directed it, Gary Goddard, which I've, we've talked about on the website before. Gary Goddard is the guy who created uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. So it kind of makes sense that I really liked Captain Power or Soldiers of the Future and I liked um, Masters of the Universe because it was done by the same guy. The Masters of the Universe, if you break down the movie and watch it, they say that it's this ultimate homage to Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby's New Gods, um, Jack Kirby's uh, Fantastic Four vs. Doctor Doom uh, issues that he did. And, I mean, this was analyzed by, like, comic book people, guys that work for Marvel, and they were like, oh, well, we really got it. And Gary Goddard was like, thank you so much, I'm glad you appreciate it, because it's exactly what I was going for. So, when you have a movie like that, that all people just see as, oh, it's just, you know, it's dumb violence, but there's a subtext to it, and there's there's subtlety to it. I always find that amazing. And a movie that's it's not going to be on the list of my worst movies because it's actually a fantastic movie. But that subtext and subtlety, where you don't even notice it, is is evident in any Paul Verhoeven movie, and especially two of them, um, Starship Troopers and RoboCop. Both of those movies, if you watch them on the surface, they're just like ultra violent. Uh, there's nudity in Starship Troopers, which I mean that came out when I was a teenager, which explains why um, I had to see that. Um, but it, all of these movies that he did, there was something going on that you didn't know. Like that, for instance, RoboCop is an allegory for Jesus. Um, that it was an allegory for how violent our society is. And if you weren't paying attention, you would completely miss that. And that's why that movie has held up uh, so well over the years. Now, granted, they did a remake of that one. I haven't gotten a chance to see it. I heard it was okay. 
and it was more that one was more of an allegory for uh, the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan and the use of drones and if that is appropriate, like those sorts of things. So I'm sure that that's got its own message and I might have to check that one out too. But Starship Troopers was the same thing. It was the, that same allegory, that same lesson of look at the way that um, propaganda works. Look at this war that's being uh, committed against these giant bugs, those sorts of things. Okay, but back to my crappy movie list. Um, last one I mentioned was Masters of the Universe. Again, like I said, I could watch this movie anytime. It's so bad but it's so great at the same time. Maybe it's because I grew up in the 80s and I loved He-Man uh, and I had all the action figures and stuff like that. Uh, that might have something to do with it, but I think it's just because ultimately it is a good movie, just a lot of people didn't realize it. Another one that I absolutely loved, and maybe I was a sucker for the hype machine that Burger King put out and everybody else put out uh, in the 90s, and that was going to be the Wild Wild West, which was the one with um, Kevin Klein and Will Smith. It's it's so bad. And I'm not going to say, oh no, ultimately it's a good movie. You got to find the pieces. No, it sucks. The movie's horrible. But I still love watching it. There's something visually stimulating about the movie. I think it's really kind of exciting. There's parts of it that don't make sense. And a perfect example is they're on that giant, like, mechanical spider. And Will Smith is fighting one of the, like, monstrosity guys who's, like, some sort of weird amalgam of a robot and a person. And the guy starts screaming and gets mad. And then his head explodes or, like, he short circuits or something like that. And they never explain that. Will Smith doesn't have, like, a cool quip where he says something like a cool one-liner to explain it. It, There's no explanation whatsoever. It does it not, did not make sense. Yeah. Okay, so another movie that is awful. I mean, it's, it's absolutely horrible. It has, like, an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's a pretty crappy movie. It's Pathfinder with uh, Carl Urban. This came out in, like, 2007. Uh, it features Clancy Brown, which... I mean, he's, like, the perfect bad guy. He's awesome. He's got that, like, really, really powerful voice. But he's also, uh, if you ever saw Highlander, um, he was the Kurgan in Highlander. Um, but he's also famous for being the voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Um, but, yeah, ch check this one out. It's it's so bad. It's great. It's all about this. That the, the premise that, like, Christopher Columbus wasn't the first one to come to America. It was the Vikings. The Vikings came to America, and they left one of their Viking children. And he's raised by the Native Americans. Well, then the Vikings come back, and... The Pathfinder, that's who our, our guy is. The uh, Norwegian that was left here by his parents and is raised by the Native Americans. He fights the Vikings in, in their superior weapons and their superior numbers. And it, it's just, it's so over the top. It's so bad. It's so violent. It, but it's fantastic. It's, it's just one of those movies that you got to see. Uh, you definitely got to check out. Uh, it's it's that bad. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is when you're doing a list like this, I was, I was talking to Andy because Andy did a really good list about this. And... We were trying to determine that if the only way you've seen a bad movie was through Mystery Science Theater 3000, does that count as seeing that bad movie? Um, and we, we both agreed that it did. And two movies that I've seen, now granted, they're so bad that they ended up becoming my favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are Pod People and Mitchell. Now, Mitchell's actually on the list, on the IMDb list of the, the bottom hundred, Um Mitchell's horrible. It's Joe Don Baker. He's a detective. It's just, it's so cheesy in seventies, but it's so poorly done. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's one of those movies you got to see. And I wouldn't say that you have to see the movie itself, but if you can check it out on mystery science theater 3000, if you can get a copy of Mitchell, uh, for MST three K definitely check it out. Same thing with pod people. Pod people was the first one that I ever saw. And again, this goes back to my aunt, my one, uh, um, my mom's sister. Um, 
uh, she was the one that showed it to me. And I remember being, I was probably eight or nine years old. And I just remember laughing hysterically at it. It was the, one of the funniest things that I ever had ever seen. Um, I ended up getting the, the VHS. This is how old I am, geez. Uh, I had the copies of that on VHS. I let some of my friends that I really liked in high school um, that really had the same kind of quirky sense of humor as me. I let them borrow it, and they enjoyed it just as much as I did. So it was cool that I could share the inside jokes with people. Uh, Manos the Hands of Fate is another one that's really, really bad that's on this list. Um, it, there's so many inside jokes with this one. There's so many things that like I still make jokes about. Um, you have to see this one. It's it's that bad that you have to check it out, um, especially if you can find the, the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 versions of them. Uh, with Joel and the robots, or Mike and the robots, uh, riffing on these movies. Okay, and an, and another one that is fantastically bad is Matthew McConaughey's vehicle. I think it was like 2007 that it came out, and that was uh, Sahara. Sahara, or I'm sorry, 2005. Sahara was so crappy. It was so bad, but it's so great. It's it's so cheesy. It's so over the top. It's that you have to watch it. Like at one point, um, it's Steve Zahn is the, like, sidekick, you know, the plucky sidekick, and uh, Matthew McConaughey is the uh, main character, and of course McConaughey finds every excuse he can to wear, like, an unbuttoned shirt, um, and he was, like, co-producer, co-director, or something like that on this movie, so you could tell that he was just, like, finding excuses, it was like, well, I'm in the Navy, but I'm gonna find a reason to unbutton my shirt in this one, all right, all right, all right, at one point Steve Zahn actually says to him, go save the girl, be the hero, I'm Steve, this is supposed to be a movie. It's supposed to be real life. We're watching this real life thing happen. It, you don't say that kind of stuff in real life, dude. You're hilarious. I love you. I think you're funny in everything that you do. But, dude, like, you made me... <laughs> but it's not even... I couldn't even get mad at you because it was so stupid that it was that it was okay. Like, it, you kind of get, like, a free pass on that one. Uh, there are just so many bad movies. Oh, let's talk about Hugh Jackman for a second. Uh, and I love him as Wolverine. He makes a great Wolverine. I think that was the perfect casting choice. But that movie, um, Van Helsing, was such a piece of crap. It was so bad. And it could have been so good. There were so many positive aspects of that movie. And it could have really gone somewhere excellent. And it just fell apart. It was just not well put together. Dracula just randomly dancing everywhere. It's just one of those movies that you just love to make fun of. Now... M. Night Shyamalan, let's talk about you for a second, bud. Um, I, I think that you really had something going there. You, you were like the next Spielberg, and I think you found out that you were the next Spielberg. Somebody told you that, and that was the problem, is you, you bought into your own hype, you, you got suckered into that stuff, and you didn't, you lost what made you a good director. And there was a story, and I can't remember where I read it, but it was talking about how after, um, after Sixth Sense and after Unbreakable, uh, Shyamalan moved to this like compound out in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania, built this giant house, and completely like isolated himself from the rest of the world. And that that is when his downturn started because what made Shyamalan great was that he was connected with what actually happens in the real world. He was connected with what people say and what people do and how they think. And that once he stopped being around people, he no longer had that. And that make I mean that makes sense when you think about it too. So, um, the village. I think. Let me check. Yeah, the the village. Um, I went and saw this movie with my little brother, and we jokingly said to each other, "How funny would it be if like this girl in the little cloak walks out into the woods, and all of a sudden there's like a highway and like a Ford Explorer?" And holy crap, that's what happened. Like, I shouldn't be able to figure out what your secret super twist is gonna be, Shyamalan. You really should have crafted that a little bit better. But that was that was it started there. It started just turning down from there uh, after that movie. I mean, I think Signs. I went and saw Signs in the theaters. That one was pretty good. 
Um, but the village was the downturn, bud. The lady in the water was was garbage. Um, we, we know that you tried to hide the fact that you directed that uh, Will Smith movie with him and his kid. And I can't remember what it was called. Like After Earth, I think is what it was called. Something like that. But we know it was you. You did that awful uh, The Last Airbender movie. Um, maybe you should just give it up, dude. Or, or get some help. Like find like a director's anonymous or a director's rehab facility and get yourself some some help because god unbreakable was great dude you could have done a sequel to that and everybody would have lost their mind all right so i mean it kind of got off the track there and was just talking about bad movies um i i hated the village it made me so mad i liked signs so i mean i think that one kind of fits into the Shyamalan uh genre there um so i mean movies that were so so bad they were good um even that stupid one, The Happening, uh, and Andy put that on his list for movies. Um, yeah, The Happening was so bad that it was good that you could make fun of it. Like when those people are falling off the building, like just dropping off the building. I, I mean, I laughed. I shouldn't because it was supposed to be people dying. You're supposed to be like shocked by this. But no, I was definitely laughing out loud at that one. Um, another one that was so bad, but I still love watching it is uh, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. I think it's just because I love Superman. Maybe that's that's why, but like even that bad movie was good because you're getting a character that the nuclear man, I think is what his name was, um, if I can remember correctly, that he just again, like a character that you had never seen. It was a new supervillain that we had never really experienced before. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, there was the second Highlander movie, Highlander 2, The Quickening, which it just went off in a completely different tangent. It was it was horrible. It didn't follow what the first one did. Um but that one just sucked. I don't think that, that was there was any redeeming quality of that, other than I just love seeing anything that is um, that is the Highlander. Um, Showgirls. <laughs> this movie is so bad, but you have to watch it because it's so cheesy. Because Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bill fame, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Berkley, is so cheesy in this movie. She's such a bad actress, but it's so bad it's good. Again, and it's Paul Verhoeven. So Paul Verhoeven knows a way knows how to make something that looks on the surface to be garbage to be somewhat entertaining in some way, shape, or form. So good on you there, um, Paul Verhoeven. And, okay, so when Joel Schumacher took over uh, for the Batman series after Tim Burton was done, after Batman Returns, they did Batman Forever, which I I love. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, Val Kilmer made a good Bruce Wayne, but not a great Batman. But he was he, overall, he was pretty good. I enjoyed that movie a lot. I think I saw it in the theaters a couple of times when I was a kid. Um, but the sequel, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is so bad, it's good. It's just Schwarzenegger kills it in this movie. He's so funny. His movies, are, his lines are so bad. You can't take him seriously. It's fantastic. You have to see it if you've never seen it. But it's so bad. You have to go into it with that uh, foreknowledge that it is an awful, awful, awful movie. Um, but and actually, and, and Steve mentioned this uh, on a podcast before that we talked about how it's entirely possible. And, and maybe they just, I think they just created this to make it sound plausible. But what it was is supposedly the, the conspiracy theory with this one is that those two movies, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, are actually in the same universe as... Batman and Batman Returns and what it is is they are the movies made about Batman in those universe in that universe so they saw this real character Batman like you know save the world and help all these people and you know stop the penguin and stop the Joker stop Catwoman and then they were like oh cool wouldn't it be neat if we made a movie about that guy so I mean, when you put it into that context it's at least interesting uh it's at least a, a an an interesting twist on an idea um 
I'm, I'm just kind of looking through some of these movies that are on here uh, of, of just awful movies. Uh, they're showing, I'm going through the ones from two, from the 2000s. And yeah, most of these are really, really bad, but they're so bad, they're bad, and there's nothing redeeming about them. What's funny is, though, there's two in a row from Adam Sandler, Jack and Jill, and That's My Boy. Those both got listed back-to-back, so Sandler apparently got on a bad uh, on a bad run there. Hopefully he can straighten that out. I, I personally, I love Adam Sandler. I'll, you know what? Those are two more movies that people typically think of as crap movies that I love, and those are uh, Grown Ups. Grown Ups 1 and Grown Ups 2. People are like, oh, these are the worst movies that were ever made. They were fun. They were funny. My wife and I both enjoyed them, but we also grew up in that time when Sandler was making movies like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, um, and and we loved them. Um, maybe that's why we enjoyed Grown Ups so much, because it was just dumb humor. You didn't have to bring anything with you other than just the desire to laugh. So that's my 25 minutes here. It went a little bit over, but that's okay. Um, I just wanted to... Uh, say my piece, talk about movies, just give my uh, own little solo take on things today. But we're going to keep doing this. Steve's going to be trying to do his own little solo podcast here today, too, as well. Uh, hopefully, you'll be hearing that. You'll be hearing mine. Uh, comments, um, thoughts, concerns, hatreds, likes, dislikes, whatever you got, send it to me. Uh, it's on. It's going to be on the webpage. I mean, you can message me on the webpage. You can message me on Facebook. doesn't matter. I'd love to hear your comments. Uh, but for GGR Pirate Radio, my name is Mike Lunsford, and I am signing out.